Well, good morning. Glad you're here. We are in week five of Colossians, and you know, a couple weeks ago I was gone. Uh, we, I, th- I think I've told you that my daughter moved to Dallas, Texas, and uh, I actually got a moving truck. Uh, not she had a bunch of stuff, but it was too much for a car uh, or my truck, and so I got a moving truck, and we 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 drove out to Dallas. And when I got the moving truck, now I'm going to tell you, like sometimes when I tell stories, I think you're going to be thinking, why is this guy the pastor? And you, you, fair, it's fair. So anyway, I got the moving truck and I'm sitting in the moving truck and the guy, you do all the paperwork and all that, everything like that. And, and I get in and I take off um, and it's in Conyers and I leave Conyers and I'm coming back to Covington. And I'm like, man, this thing just doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like I'm, the, I'm trying to adjust the seat. It's not feeling, I feel like the seat is leaning forward. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way I can ride to Texas like this. There's no way I can ride 14 and a half hours with the seat leaning forward. There's no way. So I'm, I'm, I'm fooling with it, trying to get it back. Anyway, I go to get the handle. Go get the handle. I look down. The handle is dangling. It is broken. The handle is broken. And so I do what a normal person would do. I call the company because I'm already, I've already left. I, I should have I just turned around right then. I called them up, and I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated that the seat's messed up. And I'm frustrated the handle's broken because this guy's done this walkthrough. He's made me do a walkthrough and sign the thing a certain way. And I'm thinking, there's no way he could have missed that. That's my thought. Whether it's true or not, it's my thought. So anyway, I call him up. And I said, hey, the seat's messed up on this truck. And I said, and I tried to fix it with the handle. The handle's broken. And I said, I, I just, I've only had this thing about 10 minutes. I'm not going to pay for that. And I'm just, you know how you do, you're just going to lay, I'm laying it out there. I'm not going to be responsible for this. And I said, and I got the insurance, so whether it's broken, my fault or not, I'm not going to pay for it. He said, insurance doesn't cover that. I'm like, what the And I said, well, you gave me this truck. You had to have known that the seat was messed up. Silence. Which made me... I'm getting, I'm getting fresh. I can feel it in me. So anyway, I finally just say to the guy, I'm bringing the truck back to you. So I bring the truck back. I bring the truck back, go in there, and the guy I talk to is nowhere around. <laughs> you ever have that happen? Like, he is nowhere. He is like, he, he smoke break. He's got a whole pack he's smoking. I don't know what he's doing. But he is not going to be there in that moment. And I don't, I, and, and this, so I'm talking and the guy comes out. I think he's the manager. And he goes, what's the problem? I said, well, you've wasted my time. You gave me this truck with the seat broken, the handle's broken, and then that guy says I'm going to have to pay for it, and the guy goes, hey, you got the insurance. Your insurance will pay for it. I'm like, what? He just told me it wouldn't. And so I'm getting an irate moment, and then I start into, I can feel myself raising my voice, and I get into like three lines of, hey, and finally it's like, hold on. I look at the guy, and he's looking at me, and I think he knows I'm a pastor, y'all. I'm serious. I think he didn't say it, but he had the look like, you, you should do better than this. <laughs> he never said it. Praise God. I told him I was pastor at the Baptist church is where I told him I was at. <laughs> and here's the truth. Sometimes I want to power up. Sometimes we talked about last week about taking off our old self. That anger and rage and, and, and sometimes I want to power up. You ever been there? You ever want to power up? 
You ever get in a situation, man, you can, you can feel your blood pressure rising because of situations, because of circumstances, because of relationships? Well, what happens is when we want to power up, what happens is what our, what our culture does, what our society does, even God's Word does, it gives us rules. It gives us rules to keep us from powering up. It does. It gives us these rules uh, that uh, we have these laws that, that you, you, you know, if you kill someone, you'll go to jail. And for most people, that's enough to keep people from killing someone. I'm serious. That's why we have these things. They keep us from powering up. Even like the simple mundane parts of our culture, like if you go to a stop sign, you go to the stop sign, and it just so happens that two people stop at a stop sign at the same time, what, do you know what the rule is? The person on the right gets to go. It never plays out that way, but that's the rule. That's the rule, that, that the person on the right gets to go. And so that way it keeps people from powering up. And even in, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, when, when the people of Israel had just been freed as slaves, just been freed as slaves, that... Uh, they, had, they didn't know how to act. They'd been slaves. They didn't even know how to treat each other because they'd been told that to do so long that they had this rule that if you were to injure someone and they lost their eye, the rule was that you would lose your eye. That if you knocked their tooth out, that you would lose your... They would, it was to keep people from powering up to a point of just being out of control. Well, I'm going to go over a very controversial passage of Scripture today. But before I do, I, I've got to do some background work. And so, what I want you to see, first of all, is that I'm going to talk about submission. I'm going to talk about submission, and submission is the rule for Christ and your relationships. That we're in this series saying we're different because Christ lives in us. That we're different. That that's what Paul is teaching Colossians, that you are different, your life is different, you look different. Last week we talked about thinking different, acting different, being different. That we're different because of what Christ has done in our lives. And this rule that we live by is submission. Now, when we think submission, now when I, when, and, and feel free to go wherever you want with that, but when I think submission, I think about like an MMA fight where someone's trying to get submitted out, and the guy's choking him out, and he's fighting for everything that he's not going to submit, and sometimes that's what, what, what we think it is. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk through some scriptures here, doing this background work, talking about submission, because it is counter to what our culture teaches. The first is this, in Ephesians 5.21, talking about submission... That, he says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That word submit there is this willingness to come under someone, to go low. Instead of powering up, you are going to power low. Instead of saying, hey, I'm going I'm to raise up. I'm, I'm not going to be cheated. No, but I'm not gonna, you're going to go, no, 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 no. I'm going to go low. This is counterculture. And he says, we do this not because it feels good, not because we like it, not because of any other reason, but we do it out of reverence for Christ. That Paul is telling us that, that this is the, the rule of all relationships of Christ in your relationship is submission. Now, when I use the word submit, I, I, it's, it's not just coming under someone's leadership. It is, it is thinking of others better than yourselves. It is putting other people first. It's wanting their wants and, and, and needs and desires to be met ahead of your own. This, this willful act of just submitting ourselves. When Jesus' teaching, I'm just going to show you this, it is laced with submission in the teaching, in the teachings themselves. You cannot 
obey the commands of Christ unless you're willing to have some aspect of submission in your life. So I'm going to walk through some scriptures here. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. That you want for others what you would want for yourself. Now that's an act of submission because if, if, if the truth is unless I submit myself to Christ, then I want more than what they get. I want, I want to come in first. And so he's teaching us that in the teaching of Jesus that submission is it's laced in there. Let's look at the second one. The second is equally important. He's talking about the, what, are the, what are the greatest commands. He says, to love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than this. You cannot love someone the way you love yourself unless you're willing to submit part of yourself to that. Because what the, it comes natural to us, what comes natural to me, is I'm going to love myself more than you. That I'm going to want what I want more than what you want. And so we see this. And then here, this last one is so clear. It is so clear that, man, you, you, you just have to get it. And Jesus was talking about that uh, hate your enemies. He says, hey, he's giving us this, this contract. He says, hey, don't hate your enemies. He says, but I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Man, that this whole concept of submission laced in the Gospels. Now, Years ago, I went to a church. I've been there several times. And it's not a church. You've, some of you have been there. Uh, but it's not, it's not located here, and, and this is not about them. But uh, when I, I, I forget, when I walk into this church, you walk into the bathroom, and there's a sign above the urinal that says, flush, exclamation point. And then you go to the, to the toilet, and there's a sign that says, don't flush paper towels down the toilet, exclamation point. And then you go into the kitchen, and in the kitchen of this church where we're at, it says, turn off the lights, exclamation point. Then you go outside to where the trash is, there's trash cans. It says, empty the trash cans in the dumpster, exclamation point. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think any of those signs made me want to do any of those things? They didn't. Made me want to not do them, because there's two types of people in this world. People who love rules and people who love to break them. And here's the thing about rules. We can come up with all the rules in the world for a person not to power up. But here's the thing about rules. Rules don't change a person's heart. Submission does. Let me ask you a question. When you're riding down the road and you're speeding and you see a policeman, do you slow down because you suddenly love the law? I love 55. I need to slow down. Praise God. This man's out here doing it. We don't. You know why we do it? We don't want to get in trouble. We don't, the rules don't make us love the law. Listen, you know what it does? Submission. Submission changes you and it changes the other person. So that's my background work on this. That submission is the rule for all of Christ and your relationships. So where are we going today? Here's where we're going. That submission must be my mission if I want to see life change. So you and I, we can live with rules. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. We can power up. I'm, I'm not going to let anybody take advantage of me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, do, I'm going to protect myself. And I'm going to tell them. I'm going to show them. And, and look, you'll get all kinds of likes. And you get a huge following on Facebook. You type it in. I just told them. Ooh, yeah. 
Everybody will like it. Or you can choose a different way. And Paul writes starting with the family. And this is what he says. Wives, submit to your husbands. Now, this was a man's world. That the relationships we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about wives, we're going to talk about children, we're going to talk about slaves and masters. It was a man's world in this culture. Their the marriages were arranged. Women in this culture were a piece of property. Children were a business transaction. And the whole thought about slaves and masters was about developing your business, your kingdom, your family. And Paul writes to that family culture. And he says, you can power up if you want. Or you can choose a different way. You can protect yourself. Or you can live with mutual submission with each other. And so I want to walk through these scriptures and these, these relationships. The first is this, where it says, wives, submit to your husbands. I want you to hear this next part. As is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. That Paul's writing to the wives, and this is so, if you could just catch the audience here, because like I said, in this culture, they were considered a piece of property. They had been bought. Their marriages were arranged. As a matter of fact, in India, 90, I think at 93% of the marriages are still arranged. Where the groom pays money to get the bride. And so the woman, Paul's writing and says, hey, submit to your husband. She's thinking, well, I have to. I already have to. He's like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't do it. He said, I'm not saying do it because you have to. I'm saying do it because you want to. I'm saying do it because you're willing. Do it because of what Christ has done for you. And then he says to the husband, and husbands love your wives and never treat them harshly, which is in itself an act of submission. Because again, in this culture, that's the, 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 the women's jaws would have to drop because the man didn't have to do anything. He could just he could literally send a woman away and say, "I don't want you anymore." And Paul says, "Love your wives," and that word "love" is the word agape, which means unconditionally. And what this means is that what Paul was writing here is that that this it is a form of submission that the husband would live in such a way that he would love his wife. As a matter of fact, Paul writes in Ephesians that, that he would love her the way Christ loved the church, that he would sacrifice for his wife, that he would lay down his life for his wife, that this, you can't do these things, you can't sacrifice, you can't lay down your life unless it is some form of mutual submission. As a matter of fact, you show me a couple that's been married 30, 40 50 years, and I'll show you a couple that has learned how to live with mutual submission. And Paul says you can power up or you can power down. Several months ago, 
we were doing a counseling session, and my wife is just very meek, um, very sweet, unlike me. And uh, but when, when she speaks, it is very powerful. When someone who is meek speaks, it is really powerful. And we were in this counseling session where this couple was arguing. They just said, we keep arguing, we keep arguing, we keep arguing. And finally, Leslie looked at the wife and said, stop arguing with him. Submit to his leadership. And he went like this. <laughs> and she said, God will hold him responsible for the decisions that are being made. He went, what? <laughs> and here's the thing. We can all power up. We can all go low. Now let's talk about submission here in this, in this setting. In all the settings, but in this setting. When is submission off the table? It's off the table if you're being asked to do something illegal. It's off the table if you're asked to do something unethical or immoral. If someone's telling you to lie for them or cover up, no, no, you don't have to submit to that. Somebody asking you to steal something, no, you don't submit to that. If it's unbiblical, no, you don't, you don't have to submit to that. This isn't a blank check, but this is a willingness to want to put the other person first. And the wife is to submit, and the husband is to love sacrificially, and I'm presenting today, you can't do this unless there's some mutual submission. Second relationship is husbands, I mean, as fathers and children, if we go to that one right here. Since children always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. The first one he tells wives, because this is fitting the Lord, and he says, uh, children, obey your parents. And I don't know how many kids are in here. Uh, you're probably ready to get out of here right now, but... And then he says, fathers, do not aggravate your children, or they will become discouraged. And so we see the first part, that it, for children to obey their parents, it's a form of submission. It is a form of submission. And, and you know as well as I, when your kids are younger, you can make them do stuff, you can, you can make them. Because you're bigger. But over time, you want them to obey because they trust you and they love you. Well, that has to be modeled. That it's not just this thing, hey, you got to do what I say. There's, there's, there's certainly times for that. And I, I've certainly said my fair share that, you know, to them. Uh, but that's not the best way. He says, children, obey your parents. For this pleases the Lord. So I'll say this. If you're a teenager today, if you want to, if you want to be pleasing in God's sight, obey your parents. Do what they say. But I will also say to fathers, don't embitter your children. And you know how we do that? We do it by setting the bar too high. We do it by being critical. We do it by pushing too hard. Push, push, push. And they will... You know how else we do it? We do it by... Being hypocritical, being one way on Sunday and being another way on Monday, that it become it, it causes them to become bitter because they don't want to follow a dad like that. They don't want to follow a, a, a father like that. They want they want some consistency there, 
And again, both are acts of, of, of submission. The, the obeying uh, of the parents is, is certainly the obeying of, uh, of, of a father, certainly an act of submission for the, for the child. But this, the, the wanting of the, the father, of his kid to thrive, of his child to thrive, to do well, to, to feel loved and protected, and, and to, to be encouraged is an act of submission that I'm just not going to power up on you, and I'm not just going to keep pushing, 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 but I'm going to care about you. And these are tough relationships. And you know as well as I, if you have kids, there are moments where it is tough. Where you feel like you are butting heads. That there is a time where you're wondering, are you doing this right? Am I pushing them away? When my boys were wrestling with a travel team, that they were out of state and Leslie and I weren't able to go. And the team, the travel team, very, very good people. I, I love these people. Um, so what I'm about to say is going to sound crazy, but the team decided that they were going to go to Hooters. That's where the team was going to eat that day. And the truth is, I probably wouldn't have ever found out about it. But I found out later that my boys went to the coach and said, hey, we're not going to Hooters. My dad ain't about Hooters. And my mom's not about it. And the Lord's not about it. And I thought about the guts of that decision to tell your friend, hey, we're not, we're not doing this. And so my two boys and the coach went to the Chinese restaurant. And that didn't happen because I powered up on them. I know you go, yeah, they were probably scared of you. Maybe, but you know what? That happened more because of their willful submission to what the Lord wanted, to what lesson I don't want. And it's a two-way street in this relationship. But it is an act of submission. Which leads me to the third one. The third one is Slaves and masters, and I've got to do a little bit of background work here. Now, I'm going to start with a couple of things and make some apologies. Now, when you read the scriptures right here, Paul doesn't forbid slavery. He doesn't. No one ever does he say, hey, slave, let the slaves free. He doesn't say it in there. It's not in the scriptures. And for a long time, the church took this as that slavery was okay. As a matter of fact, Churches promoted that it was in the Bible that, you know, the slavery. Now, I'm going to tell you that this was a different kind of slavery than the slavery we think about with the Civil War. But also because this was in there that the church was on the wrong side of the civil rights movement as well. That we should have been all about loving our neighbor as ourselves. Well, you're not going to have a slave if you can do that. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. That, that, it's hard to have slaves and think, think along those lines like that. And so, I feel like for years the church was on the wrong side. So, what was going on here? Why did not Paul forbid slavery? One, because he couldn't. Paul was a religious teacher. The, the slaves in that day, in the culture, they'd had slavery for thousands of years. It just had all kinds of, just slavery was just all kinds. But in this culture, slavery was, 
when you had a debt, you agreed to work for someone until the debt was paid off. So you willingly made yourself a slave. And, and, and in the, the Jewish culture in the Old Testament, a person could be made a slave, but only for six years. He could be a slave, he could, and if the debt wasn't paid out, he had to be freed after six years. You'd read it in the Old Testament. That there, was, there was, again, these rules to keep people from powering up and being taken advantage of. But Paul writes in this scripture talking, talking about doing something where, yeah, he could, even if he could have made a rule, I don't know it would have changed people's hearts. And so Paul does something different. He appeals to them in the capacity of submission both slaves and masters. He does something subversive. He's like, same thing he's doing with parents, same thing he's doing with husbands and wives. Like, hey, we can make this, just, or we can really go about mutual submission and change culture. We can change history. We can change the world. And so this is what he says. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you, Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Again, he always goes back to the Lord as being the basis of why we would do these things. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward. He's like, the Lord's going to reward you, and which was unfathomable that the Lord was going to reward a slave, but that's what he's telling them. And that the master you are serving is really Christ. So in whatever relationship we are in, we all have the master we're serving Christ. And he says, but if you do what is wrong, you'll be paid back for the wrong that you've done. For God has no favorites. And then he says, masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. And again, he's going for mutual submission. He's not going to change the rule. He's trying to change people's hearts. He's telling slaves, hey, you obey, you serve as you're doing the Lord. And guess what? I'll, I'll work behind the scenes and change your heart. He talks to masters and he says, hey, you treat and be fair and, and be good. And he goes, hey, and guess what? I, something supernatural is going to happen that you're not going to believe that, that the culture is going to change. Because here's the thing about submission. Submission changes me, and it changes other people around me. Now think about your life for a second. Think about your life. Has your life ever really been changed when you powered up or somebody else did? I bet you can't hardly think of a time. Boy, they powered up on me. That was so good. Changed my Boy, I'm better for it. Or I powered up, I told him, and everything. No. But I'll guarantee you that if you had a time in your life where someone was humble, that someone put your needs first, that someone willingly went low, instead of powering up, they powered down, that they cared about your desires, your dreams, they cared about what was going on in your life, that they, they cared about you more than themselves, I guarantee you that that was a meaningful moment in your life. I know we talked about, and this is a heavy message, why you would do this. Why would you live this way? And I'm going to share this way. It's because we follow Jesus. This is the way Jesus lived. I'm going to share you some scriptures here. I'm going to kind of move away from 
Colossians just for a second. This is what Paul wrote to the church in Philippians. And he says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Same thing I've been talking about here. Don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And hear me on this part. Listen to me. What if we lived like this? What if we lived, what if we did this? You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Which means Jesus wasn't up in heaven when it was time for him to come to earth going, Hey, I'm not doing that. I'm God. I'm God. I don't, I don't, do, the, I don't do the human thing. I'm God. No, no, no. It says, instead, he gave up his divine privileges. The one who really was somebody chose to become a nobody. The ones of us who are nobodies, we try to, we're constantly trying to be somebody. He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. We just talked about slaves and masters. That Jesus became a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. That we choose submission because that's the way Jesus lived. Now, I know in some ways you, it's not popular and you've got a lot of questions, but I wrote this down. I want to read it to you because I don't want to mess it up. 2,000 years ago, there was a man named Jesus. He held no political office. He wielded no military might. He couldn't vote. He didn't own a home. He had never graduated from college. He never started a business. Yet, he changed the world by living out a mission of submission, yielding to his heavenly Father's will, placing the needs of others ahead of his own. And after his death, a church was born. A gathering of Jesus' followers who held no political office, who wielded no military might, Yet, they changed the world by living out a mission of submission, yielding to the Father's will and placing the needs of others ahead of their own. What if we live this out? What if our mission was a mission of submission? That instead of powering up, I was going to power down. I was going to think of other people's needs ahead of my own. Starting in my home, my wife, my kids, at work, with my boss, or the people that report to me. And so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Wives, submit to your husbands. What about it, wives? What about it? You may be thinking, Gary, you don't know him. I don't. I don't know him. What if he, he might not, he might not. That's not why you're doing it. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. What about a husband? You're going to sacrifice? You're going to lay down your life? You're going to put her dreams and her desires ahead of your own? 
He's probably sitting there thinking, Gary, you don't know her. I don't. What if she, uh, she might not. She may never. That's not why you're doing it. You're doing it because you follow Jesus Christ. Children, obey your parents. What about it, kids? So you don't know my parents. You're right, I don't know. What if they, I don't know if they will or not. I don't know. That's not why you're doing it. You're doing it because it pleases the Lord. Dads, do not aggravate your children. Or they will become discouraged. What about it, dads? You're going to stop. You're going to put your kids' needs ahead of your own. You're going to think about them as gifts that God has given you to raise up in the Lord. And so you don't know my kids. They don't listen. They don't, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. But that's not why you're doing it. You're doing it because you follow Jesus. And then with slaves and masters, I'm going to make the parallel of work. But if you're an employee, what about it when you're at work? You're going to be a good employee. You've heard me say this, that men, Christians, people, I don't want to hire Christians more than anything. I think, man, I, this guy's weird. I don't believe that like he believes. But boy, that, that, he's the best employee. She's the best worker. They're the best. You might be sitting there today going, you don't know my boss. You're right, I don't know him. You don't know my job. My job's hard. You're right, I have no idea. They may not compensate. Yeah, they may not. That's not 